from an underground lair of egg worshippers to a city made of and by nanometal. It's City on the Edge of Battle. Welcome back to the Monsters vs. Men podcast, where we're trying our best to stay alive. Joining me, as always, Galugu himself. <laughs> Eric. Is that me? I am Galugu? 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 No, it's Melulelu Galugu. Yeah, but they only go by, at least in the dub, they only go by their last name, Galugu. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that's what you see me as, Alex, a logic-driven person with no heart. Yes, that's why you didn't like Final okay. Wars. Um, and I am Alex, your hostess <laughs> with the mostest. Oh uh, boy, I'll just call you Metvis. Yeah. Then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and we're your uh, uh, we're your resident monster movie bargain basement podcast of the airwaves. <laughs> There you go. It's <laughs> yes, you're getting it, Alex. <laughs> the bargain basement of podcast airwaves. This is true. Uh, I'm excited for the second week. It is uh, Godzilla Anime Appreciation Month. Uh, oh. not really, but I just made it up for May. Okay, so. works for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so we're on the second week of our anime trilogy here, and. Uh, before we get into this film, though, I want to address some feedback that we actually got from our Shin Godzilla episode two weeks ago, Alex. Um, oh. And this was from our friend Travis at the Kaiju Weekly podcast. Um, he said he enjoyed our episode, but he has some um, criticisms, I would say, of Shin Godzilla. He says, I've never been a huge fan of Shin Godzilla. I think the movie is well made and all. It just doesn't resonate with me. And for the longest time, I didn't know why. Ultimately, I think it's because it's not a Godzilla film. Of course, it has the big guy in it, but there's nothing uniquely Godzilla about it. It's a political satire slash horror film. I believe that if you replace Godzilla in the movie with some other form of natural disaster, not only would the movie be the same, but the quality would as well. He says, again, it's a very good movie, very well-made movie, just not a Godzilla movie. Do you agree with that, Alex? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I can see where he's coming from, but I think... I guess I'll go ahead and get into it a little bit before we really get our episode going. But I think Godzilla, being a small part, or even like an interchangeable part of his own movies is kind of part of Godzilla's rich history. How many times have we seen that Godzilla was repurposed into a movie that he wasn't originally supposed to be in, you know, like, yeah. yeah. Uh, so then like Ibra terror or horror of the deep is a good example. And then King Kong versus Godzilla. And then even movies like uh invasion of the Astro monster, you could have easily replaced him with some sort of super weapon, and it still would have been the same film. And I think that's kind of the beauty of what Godzilla is. And it's that he can he be used almost in any sort of way. And however you choose to use him. Abusive father, nuclear weapons, 
you know, superhero. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Whatever. Well, well, I, I would say Travis isn't alone on this. Another uh, listener, uh, Ken Bachelman on Twitter said, he hasn't seen this movie since 2016. Uh, my feelings aside, I will say that it's a well-made film. The production values are high and the CGI for the most part looks really good. My biggest gripe is that I was bored with this movie. I didn't find the characters interesting. I get what the filmmakers were trying to say with the red tape and all the meetings, but it didn't grab my interest. The new look Godzilla didn't work for me either. I didn't like his tiny T-Rex arms, his ridiculously long tail, the metamorphosis he goes through. Ooh. And his new powers. Ultimately, it didn't feel like a Godzilla movie, but a movie with Godzilla in it. This is just one man's opinion who happens to be in the minority on this Interesting. one. Interesting. No, I mean, you can't say they're <laughs> so wrong. So Travis is not alone. Yeah. And, and, and I think we'll get into that more because that's something I think we can explore with these films as well. Oh, yeah. Are these Godzilla films or are they films with Godzilla in it? But with that said, Alex, before we get there, why don't you introduce us to this film with our film introduction? Yeah. Uh, Shizuno Sashita and Urubachi return to direct and write the second film of the Godzilla anime trilogy, City on the Edge of Battle. Building on the story of the first film, picking up almost exactly where the, we left off, the second film further explores the relationship between the humans, Exif and the Bilisoludo, and the new species, the Hotua. And as the humans get deeper and closer to the nanometal technology of Mechagodzilla, the lines between these races start to blur. But before we get there, Eric, did the city on the edge of battle leave you a little rattled? <laughs> oh, man, Alex, I love your reading of that introduction, first of all. <laughs> there were no difficult names to pronounce no, whatsoever. No, Saludo is, is <laughs> I don't see how anyone could mess that one up. <laughs> uh, but... I actually think your introduction hits on some of the most interesting aspects of this film. And that's the relationship between these different humanoid races. I don't think there's actually a real villain here. Yes, Galagoo and the Bilusulado become the antagonist to Haruo and humanity in a sense. Mm. But you'd have a real hard time convincing me that these are just purely evil villains. I don't know if you ever played right. StarCraft, Alex, but this started to remind me of StarCraft. In <laughs> StarCraft, you have Zerg, Protoss, and Terran. But here, we had the Exif, Bulusulat, Ludo, and Hotua. Um, we get the logic-driven race, the spiritual-driven race, and the earth-grounded race. And then we get humanity, who kind of mixes all three of those with emotion. Mm -hmm. There seems to be a setup also in the sense that each of these races have a corresponding monster. For the Bilisoludo, they embody Mechagodzilla. The Hotua, they embody Mothra. Exif, King Ghidorah, who we don't see here. And humans, of course, Godzilla. But like Planet of the Monsters, we only get Godzilla for that last 30 minutes. Mm -hmm. Which gets back to what Travis was saying. Right. Um, his critique of Shin Godzilla. Does this feel like a Godzilla film to you? Or is it a sci-fi film with Godzilla tacked on? And if it is, does that bother you? I mean, it's kind of like what I said earlier. I really do think the beauty of Godzilla is that he can be used in almost any way. And also it goes back to something I said last week about how Godzilla is arguably more present in this film than most others because of how he's changed the entire planet. Everything is a direct result of Godzilla. Every single thing they interact with. So in that way, he's kind of 
in the film more than ever. But I mm-hmm. do like your analogy with the four races that you mentioned with the respective monsters. It, it's a really interesting way to break this all down. And I do think it's also interesting that out of all of them, the only one that's actively trying to destroy their monster is humanity. Mm-hmm. All the others seem to yeah. worship or run away from at least theirs. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, the, the Bill of Saluto like theirs so much they want to be a part of it. <laughs> yeah which is pretty cool yeah. but i don't yeah. uh, again i don't think godzilla feels tacked on his appearance at the end it really works he feels a bit like shin godzilla when he's uh expended all of his energy after mm-hmm. his nighttime attack and he's just this monolithic thing in the background just standing there he th- and this he once again kind of feels like this ticking time bomb in the background that it's not a matter of if he comes back. It's a matter of when. And I think the way they use him, again, is probably better than he's used in a lot of movies. I like that mm-hmm. he's patrolling the planet, making sure that everything is still adapting to the way that he is. Not only that, but he's yeah. leaving his patrol route because he knows that something's wrong. Something mm-hmm. has invaded his habitat, and he's seeking it out. And I really like that we also see during his attack on the city of Mechagodzilla, that we see his relative quick adaptations that he has in that Mm -hmm. he takes that almost lethal blow and is able to essentially superheat his body to the point that he melts the projectile that's stuck in him. I really like that he has almost this Shin, I guess again, Shin Godzilla level of mutation where he can adapt whenever he needs to. Mm-hmm. I really do love everything about him in this film. He feels frightening and terrifying, but also he doesn't feel evil, which is really important message to send when he's just supposed to be this monster. That is a result of humanity's actions. And in short, I just think he's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so it, to sum up what you said, Alex, Godzilla is yes. awesome. <laughs> wow. Hot take. Hot take. <laughs> No, I I agree with you completely. I think Godzilla steals the show in the scenes that he's in. Um, And I think we'll talk more about the sound design and effects in our awards. But that climactic battle between the vultures and Godzilla, those sound effects are top notch. Um, I also like the music when they turn on Mechagodzilla City. It reminded me of Daft Punk in the Tron soundtrack. I had the same feeling, dude. (laughs) I was like... I was like, it's awesome. <laughs> um, so that was a step up. That was a nice step up from Planet of the Monsters. But you're right, Alex. It's super important that we get this uh, sympathetic feeling Godzilla. And I think one of the interesting details from this film that stood out to me was those close-ups of Godzilla's eyes from time to time. Mm-hmm. I actually think those eyes tell us a lot about how this film wants us to view the monster. You know, they're actually like blue (laughs) and they look very human like Mm -hmm. Um, they show emotion and connect Godzilla that much more to humanity to go back to that four monster uh, these are the four different monsters and how they represent these four different humanoids Um, compare the eyes in this movie to the eyes in GMK for example where we have those glossed over white eyes that highlight that spirit embodied rage of Godzilla here, those human eyes are key because they build that connection between the humans and Godzilla, and more specifically for the film's in, 
Haruo, and Godzilla. Mm -hmm. Now, I think the ending in general is a bit controversial to me because we have that connection. Um, It sits a little easier because of that connection, but does Haruo make the right decision here? Is it a decision that fits his character? I found it a little hard to take that he would suddenly change his course after watching almost two movies. He's had this monomaniacal obsession right, right. with killing Godzilla. But, you know, maybe relationships and his relationship here in this film changes him a little. What do you think, Alex? Yeah, I mean, I think that's what it is completely. I actually mm-hmm. completely bought uh, Haruo's turn at the end. And it was only after really thinking about it is when I really bought it. It was kind of this lose-lose situation. He can kill Godzilla by committing suicide. But also, he's alternatively probably dooming the planet to be completely overrun with this nanometal. Which, if you do recall, also makes humans sick. So, Mm -hmm. trading the evil you know... When mixed with the Hotua... I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. Oh, the the, the (laughs) Hotua scales that you... Medicine. (laughs) That's true. But trading the evil you know for the one you don't, it's... I, I probably I would have made the same decision he did. There's no winning. Plus, it's really the I think the decision is made for him when there's the forcible cooperation involved, mm-hmm. which is in doing so. When the Bill Saludo decide to have the forceful cooperation of the two human pilots, it's a complete removal of humanity of him and his friend, or also new love interest Yuko. That inhuman forcible cooperation flies completely in the face of what he really believes in. Yeah. It's not just his hate in Godzilla that he believes in. It's the better qualities of humanity, which we see in the last movie where he mentions that he really doesn't, he really wants to believe that they didn't blow up that ship. And so him to stand idly by and watch humanity be removed from the equation, even if Godzilla seems like a bigger priority, we find out that it's not humanity is his biggest priority and the removal of them is not an option, which is why he turns on the bill Saludo to protect his people. Yeah, no, I think you get that exactly right. And I think the end does work. It works for me. I just think it's, it's really messy. And I like that. Actually, oh. I think Haru once again is an awesome character who just has more layers added in this film. But I think my biggest issues with this film as we already kind of talked about a little bit, is just the lack of Godzilla in the first two thirds. You mentioned, yeah, he's not physically present, but he's always present in the back of our minds, in the back of these characters' Mm -hmm. minds. I agree with that. I just wish we would have gotten even a scene or two with him. Uh, You know, maybe just a little hint of his presence uh, a couple different times. I think that could have really added something to the first two thirds of the movie. I also kept thinking that we would somehow get a Mecha Godzilla resurrection, but that never came to fruition. I was certain that the city was going to transform somehow, similar to how Godzilla rose out of the ground in the last film to become this gigantic mechanical monster, <laughs> which would have been awesome. Yeah. <laughs> um, the ending of the film, as I said, I think could be debated, but it works. And of course we get that post credit scene that builds the tension for the next film. But a couple predictions. I had some predictions last week. Here are my predictions this time around. Nothing too controversial, nothing too bold, I don't think. But it's kind of a mix between what I think will happen and what I hope yeah. will happen. First of all, I think the XC, if I still don't trust those guys, I think the XC's <laughs> master plan will be revealed 
and they become the main antagonist in the next film. I think Haro's emotions, which are intensified, obviously, at the <laughs> end of this film, are further manipulated by Metfis until it reaches a breaking point. And I think, I, I, this is kind of a hope, I hope Godzilla turns into a hero of sorts against King Ghidorah. Um, and maybe, again, I hope, a Mecha Godzilla reincarnation of some sort. I don't know if we'll get any of that. Those are just my my hopes and dreams for the next one. <laughs> interesting. We, we, you've never really given any predictions before, so it, it, will, it will be interesting to see how on the money you are. I, I personally was okay with Mechagodzilla's corpse essentially being used as a weapon and a trap. And they, mm-hmm. the Bill Saluto even make a comment like almost that the idea of Mechagodzilla is petty now that they have created now that it's grown into something such a size like the city. Like there's no need for something so small minded almost, which is pretty interesting, but it does. Well, it's very Bill Saluto. (laughs) Human humanity is all about Mechagodzilla, (laughs) right? Yeah, they are. Bill Saluto is all about efficiency. Yes, that's true. And (laughs) I I think that's something I really like about this series is is it has a way with playing with your expectations in unique ways by making the humans, the direct combatants with Godzilla. And so they're not getting Mechagodzilla to fight it. They're, they're going to have to do it themselves. And in the end, I really do think it goes back to what I was saying, that this series so far really is about humanity and their battle mm-hmm. with Godzilla. And it certainly seems to focus on everything that way, at least. And I like that. Yeah. You know, I agree with you 100%. Um, and I think now it is time to have our guest interview join in on the action. All right. Let's bring him in. I'm excited to welcome Taylor from Giant Monster Messages onto the podcast to discuss his favorite film from mm. his favorite trilogy of all no. time. No. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we have the pleasure of joining you for your podcast to discuss Matango, your where film. I properly assess the film, and you and Eric incorrectly rated it way correctly too high. Like, that, was, that was a pretty abysmal on your all's end. <laughs> but but yeah, again, thanks for having us on. Even Thank if the movie you. was bad, and great. as a fellow podcaster about monster movies, what was your inspiration for starting your monster movie podcast? It's going to sound really bad, but it was friendship. Oh. Isn't that great? No, I wanted something to do with Joshua. <laughs> I had uh, decided years ago to watch all the Godzilla movies, and then after that, I was like, I want to watch all the Godzilla related movies related to Godzilla. So you know, like Mothra, Rodan, all those individual. So I did those, yeah. including all the Godzilla movies again. And this is all within like the same year. And then I was like, I want to watch every giant monster movie that's like, you know, <laughs> Japanese. So I watched them all again, including some stuff like Gamera and stuff. And then yeah. on my fourth pass, I was like, I want to watch every giant monster movie ever. And my God, (laughs) (laughs) it gets into what, like more of like why we look for messages too. Um, But I was like, I shouldn't do this alone. I've seen these a bunch. Maybe I should bring in someone who doesn't know anything about them. Joshua wasn't doing anything. So I made him (laughs) watch these with me. I made him promise that he'll watch them with me. I don't think he understood that this is going to be like 10 to 15 years of his life. But... (sighs) (laughs) <laughs> he's uh he's he's now doing it so that's why i started my own 
<laughs> that's pretty cool. That, nice. That's not too different from why me and Eric started ours. So it's kind of to have something to do together while also, you know, same as you, just drag along a friend to enjoy something yeah, yeah. I like. <laughs> and at the time, we weren't living close to each other. So I was like, hey, what's a good thing we can do like, and still communicate? Because uh, I don't know how to normally communicate with people. So start a podcast. Then you're forced to talk to each other. And it's great. So I did that. And now he's forced <laughs> to be my friend. If it wasn't for the podcast... <laughs> yeah, if it wasn't for the podcast, I'd never talk to Alex, probably. Yeah, no, yeah. I hate that guy. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> um, but one of the differences between our podcast and your podcast is that, as you said, you cover just about every single monster movie in chronological order on your show. Have you decided, though, on a definitive definition for monster movie? Well, ours is, has to be giant monster. If we did every monster, then it's not going to be possible. But also, yeah. we don't agree on what giant means. Right. Like, I, it I feel say, like anybody does. <laughs> yeah. Um, my thing is, it's either has to be bigger than a person, or it has to be an enlarged version of something that's normally not. Or, like, if it matches both those, then that's great. Uh, if it matches one of them, okay. I can see an argument. And then there's things like, what about Transformers? I argue no, because I don't want to watch them. I argue yes. <laughs> no. Uh, then there's things like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Uh, Joshua hated that we watched, uh, like, uh, there's monsters. He doesn't like it when we watch things that are not bigger than people. And I argue, like, right. the Killer Shrews. They're dog-sized. I mean, they're dogs with furs on them and carpets. But they're bigger than shrews, so they're giant. He doesn't like that. Mm. I make him watch it anyway. <laughs> so it doesn't matter. To answer your question, no, there's no set definition. Uh, besides, mm-hmm. if I want to watch it, we watch it. And if I don't want to watch it, maybe I'll watch it. Interesting. Okay. <laughs> and if we shrink, okay. Joshua has ruled that if we shrink and <laughs> regular size things stay the same size, that doesn't count as giant. Because we did the shrinking oh. man. He vetoed that. It means we're not mm-hmm. watching Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, but it does mean we're watching mm-hmm. Honey, I Blew Up the Kids because that is a gigantic <laughs> version of a person. This is complicated, I know. Okay. <laughs> so very it's elaborate a, rules. I like this. <laughs> this, is what I did, this is what I do with my time. I'm proud of myself. <laughs> but should you be? <laughs> should, that's another yes and no. Well, what about you guys? Like, are you going to do every monster or are you just going to do kaiju monster, which you've done so far? Uh, I think we're talking about doing every monster. Obviously, we're not going to have enough time in our lives probably to do every monster movie. But, you know, uh, now, Eric, I I put you on the spot. But what do you think about something like Alien? Yeah, I mean, I think eventually we could get into that territory. So our thing is, is we do things kind of in series. You yes. Know, so we're doing Godzilla now. Gamera is next. I don't know if we said that on the show yet, but Gamera exclusive. Is next. Everybody, giant monster messages exclusive. <laughs> yes, exclusive. Uh, and then uh, where we go from there, we'll we'll just have to see. But we kind of do series, so maybe we'll get to an Alien series. That's totally possible. Yeah, we've we've talked yeah. about the Alien. Like we wouldn't do the first one, I don't think, but we would do the second one because there's a giant alien. Spoiler. Oh my god. <laughs> But but the alien is taller than the humans. They are, but they are not an embiggened version of an already creature being. 
It's complicated. I know. Uh, did you not see what came out of the man originally? That is true, really but that's like a larval form. <laughs> exactly. It grows, but it's a natural growth of the biological being within that natural biosphere that's created in. Space radiation. Space radiation. Oh, I'm sure there's a space radiation. <laughs> I just like to have an excuse uh, to say yes to a film or say no to a film. Yeah, I, I just like how particular it is. It is pretty great. Um, <laughs> but one of the things I appreciate about your show in general is just how you're looking for all these messages in the films. And what background do you and your co-host Joshua have that allow you to view these films at a deeper level? Allow us. I love that. That's great. We have special powers. <laughs> no, um, like I was saying before, <laughs> I, in one year I watched like a whole series of these over and over. And some of us maybe don't want to admit that some of these aren't the best movies. We still like them, but they don't have a lot of meat on them. And I can tell right. you from experience, once you've seen the same movie a few times in like quick su- succession, your brain starts... I would say seeing things that are there, not making things up oh, at yeah. all, but you see things at a deeper level because you've hmm. repeated viewing. It's not that your brain's trying to give you things to stay alive. It's not that at all. It's you're just, you've just succumbed <laughs> to the greatness that is the movie watching experience. And it allows you to open up your, your movie eye, as they say, and look mm-hmm. at them through that, that higher being of understanding. Oh, I had the same experience watching Transformers. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. Like 10 minutes into it, it just opened up. And I was like, Ugh. but now like actually kind of seriously, I didn't think of this until we started, but Joshua pointed out, I have a science background. And then I realized, oh no, he's smart. What do I need to do? I realized he has a religious background. He was a preacher. So it kind of worked out hmm. great because those are usually seen as like, Opposing forces in the battle for soul. I don't know. Something dumb. But (laughs) they're usually seen as, you know, just like different kind of viewpoints. And we can come at that through. We have different knowledge on things and we have different viewpoints on how things are. We can bring that into these movies and get something out of some of them that maybe don't have the deepest message. I mean, some of them do have messages. Some of the Godzilla ones, definitely. Like I just listened to your Shin Godzilla one. That one has tons of messages and I'm glad that I'm not talking about it for like another 10 years because (laughs) it's a lot that one's that one actually has a lot of substance to it not all of them do so we try to find what we can hopefully that answered your question I talk a lot who knows yeah (laughs) (laughs) you're good good. so using that higher perspective Uh Taylor that you have yeah without giving us your final rating and ranking um, what are your initial thoughts on this rewatch of City on the Edge of Battle and on this series as a whole? Remember, I haven't watched the third film yet, so no spoilers. Uh, okay. I, can. I will admit I liked this more, this viewing, than I did the first time. I hmm. Did I watch these all in one sitting? No, I watched them in three <laughs> days. Uh, okay. When it came out, I, I watched them. Okay. Without spoiling anything, I wanted to watch them all in one sitting. But I watched the first one and I was like, I gotta sleep. Like I can't I can't uh, do any more of this. I need to take it in. So I watched this this one the second day and the other one the third day. But again, this movie 
without giving too much away, because we can talk, we're talking more about this after the awards, right? At the ratings and the thingamajigs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Then I will yes. give this short and sweet. I liked it more this viewing than the initial time I looked at it. Nice. Uh, without spoiling. It's very nebulous. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I like it. Well, then I think that's a good transition into our awards. And we'll come back to that ranking and rating at the end. But yeah. Alex, why don't you start us off? We've got our coolest character award. Start us off with that one. Sure. Uh, I actually like the building of what we get with with the uh, Bill Saludo, and especially Lieutenant Gallagher. Gallagher? Gallagher, <laughs> I think is yeah. And, yeah, Ga- Gallagher. Uh, I like that he's like this standout representation of all of their ideals and logic. And I like his participation in the final battle and willingness to do whatever it takes, including forcibly make other people commit suicide <laughs> with him. Like he's, he's yeah. in it too. He's not doing it. He's not just forcing others. He's going to do it himself and he's willing to do whatever it takes for his race to win. And it's pretty interesting to see that kind of a turn with a character. I thought it was actually kind of interesting. No, I, I, I agree, Alex. I, you know, and as I said, I don't know if we can count him as a villain. No. Just because of how he and his, you know, species, his race thinks about these things and like how they're, you know, built. So I think it's an interesting character. And I think the Bill of Saluda are interesting overall. They're very good in this. Yeah. 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 I want to go with his opposing character, which is Metfis, who <laughs> I didn't really like at all in the first film because I didn't trust him. I still don't trust him here at all. But I did find his character more and more intriguing because of that mm. mysteriousness that he brought to this film. Um, I love that scene where he whispers into Haruo's ear. I already, I, I guessed what he was saying, but it is pretty cool how, how they don't quite reveal that until the post credit scene. So I had to go with Metfis. What about you, Taylor? Uh, <laughs> I'll let you guys pick those guys. Uh, I picked uh, Professor Exposition. He is my favorite. <laughs> I think it's like, they didn't, I'm pretty sure they did not say his name. I did not rewatch the first and the third one of this. So, I did as you guys asked, and I just watched this one. Um, I think luckily you guys have notes. His name is what is he? Uh, Lazari? Is that his name? I think so. Yeah. Okay. They do not say his name in this. Professor Exposition is good enough. Yeah. Like uh, <laughs> he is awesome. Um, I love science, and he <laughs> he does everything, and it just makes me so happy. He he thinks to call like the locals. They evolved maybe from insects. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. He, like he's the yeah, one that detects yeah. <laughs> high intellect, even though they seem primitive. He find he like he finds out the names of the twins. He mm-hmm. he he does everything and explains everything. Um, he supposes that the surface animals have submitted to Godzilla and adapted and mimicked them to survive. Yeah. It's yeah. He has so much. It's not just the exposition. He's just. He's a good explainer, well, he's, and he's a science he's man. Smartest. Yeah. Well, he's, he's, like, the, he's genuinely excited about what he's talking about. Yes. Yeah. And what I also like, I don't know if it yeah. gives too much of like, but he's not one of those science that happens a lot of these times where science is above all. Like, in the end, he is the one that's like, hey, everybody, uh, things are going bad. We should leave. We're all going to die. <laughs> yes. uh, let's not give ourselves in to complete logic. Maybe. Yeah, he's like, ready to jet. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he is He is not one of those scientists that's all like, I will, like the Bill of Saludo, I guess. They're, they are logic beings, which, uh, anyway, I have more to say about them, but 
We can yeah. go to uh, well, most memorable line. Yeah, but before we get there, before we get there, what about um, the city of Mecha Godzilla as a character in its own right? I that has counted as a character. Love that. Yes, I I, like I love the city. Too. It's interesting. It's almost you know it's got this personality of its own in a sense. You know the nanotechnology. It is seems purely mechanical, but at the same time, the way like even from the opening title sequence i wasn't sure what that like liquid oh. metal substance was until we got to the nano m- metal part i was like that's pretty cool i like that tie and that was, that was really good right from the beginning um but yeah most memorable line award what you got taylor i've got i'll try to say it's from galugu that's right run right into your grave <laughs> it's, it's so earnest and i <laughs> yeah uh, it's anyway that'll give more about my future awards but i just love his delivery on many things but that's one of my favorite it's short and sweet and he's so excited for the yeah. grave yeah i <laughs> eric Absolutely. i hand it off i guess what about yours yeah yeah uh so i'm gonna go with haruo who was my favorite character in the last film and i do think he's just another great like his character just takes another level of complexity on here. But he says, humanity's history has been a chain of challenges against chaos. And every time humans always use knowledge as a weapon. Now, I actually think Horo's logic here is a little bit flawed. And I think <laughs> if, if we as humans always think we can just use knowledge as a weapon to combat everything, we're going to end up in some trouble, which he does. Uh, yes, I think he does. it's a telling line. Because he ends up in trouble because he's trying to use knowledge as a weapon. Um, so that was my most memorable line. Alex? Yeah, I was actually going to do this really long line by Dolodou. Dolodou? <laughs> Another one Dolodou? of the Bill of Saludo. He's got this really long line describing uh, humanity's lackluster ability to control Godzilla. But in the end, it really came down to a line by Haruo. Ah! <laughs> Which 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 point was that? Which one of those? Uh, Anyone in particular? I think it's like every it's like it's like a five minute increment period during the movie where he screams at somebody. <laughs> Is it not the closing one? The closing cry? Oh yeah! Can I have a secondary most memorable line? Yeah, yeah, go for it. I love an anime when there's a lot of quietness and then there's like two or three minutes of different characters going, oh, 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 just. <laughs> Playing at each other, it makes me it makes me so happy. <laughs> so it's not any character in particular, but just the huzz and the huh, oh, uh, that they give each other. It's it makes me so happy. It's certainly memorable. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, what about your can't believe that voice acting award, Alex? Uh, you know, part of me wanted to use Metfees again because I liked them so much last time, but. Uh, I think Taylor kind of hit it on the head with the biologist who I've already forgotten his name as well. Uh, yeah, doesn't matter. <laughs> just they don't say it in the movie. But uh, but I really liked him and his delivery. And it's kind of like I said, his excitement for all the stuff that he's learning. It's it's really kind of contagious. And you're excited to hear that exposition that he has. Because and, and it's really the way he delivers it. It's just really interesting. That's true. He's not, he's you, not boring. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah like, like I said. Um, no, he's not. Galagoo, after he discovers nanometal. Like before then, mm-hmm. 
him and his compatriot are both very flat and like neutral. But once they, I, once they sense that, uh, you know, it's their Mechagodzilla, it is undefeatable. It is the greatest. It is the peak of our technology. It's like yeah. once they get, they grasp that, that nanometals here and they can win. It's not only can they win, they are going to win and they are excited to mm-hmm. win. They're excited that it is going to be their technology and their supremeness that will lead this to defeat this God's like once they find that out yeah. is, and you can tell like before and after, I think it's just that whole before and after you can tell it's the same actor and he's not doing much different, but it's just that subtle excitement and assuredness that he brings to that role yeah. after they find the new metal. No, you're right. I didn't even yeah. really think about that, but you're right. They're completely flat characters until they find that. Mm-hmm. Nice. What about you, senior Eric? Yeah, honestly, it's, it's, I agree with you. Normally, we don't repeat awards here, but I—it I, was the voice actors, and was it both in the sub version and the dub version? So we've got Junichi Suwabe and Taylor Henry for the Japanese and English cool versions, name. respectively. Um, mm-hmm. But just the voice acting at different parts, specifically one line of Galagoo stood out to me, and it was to defeat what has surpassed human intellect is no longer within the category of human achievement. Now, I didn't do that as well as you, Taylor, but I thought his voice was great. You're sweet. Thank you for Flattery would get you everywhere. What about your uh, yeah. What about your standout effect, Taylor? I had to think a lot about this because uh, like a lot with these awards, I think this is, I don't know, you guys are doing it more than I am, but these awards, I think, are a little bit harder with it being anime because yeah, like effects and shots tend to be different. But I did notice... Like the audio on Godzilla specifically when he moves or when he goes from still to moving, there's that crunching echo that you can hear. Whoever makes this was really good. You can you can just hear the crunching just like I don't even like sliding down his body and echoes back. And right. It's you you they did a really good job of letting you know this creature is beyond huge. It is, it is epic. It is, it is large and just the slightest move of its shoulders or its head or eyelid just create this metal scrunching over that echoes. It's, it's beautiful yeah. audio mixing. I, it I is. never it's got really tired cool. of that. Yeah. The sound design, especially in that final battle is something else. Like I, I like the vultures sound design. Oh, they're well. very good. Yes. Um, just going you know, they like they're back and forth. The the film knows exactly when to cut the sound off as well. Mm-hmm. So you get those sound effects mixed with moments of silence. So it makes them really stand out. Um, but my standout effect is, you know, when the glowing Godzilla rises after Haruo destroys the Mecha Godzilla base. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. I just thought that was super cool. We don't really see Godzilla fully. Like you kind of see this gradual rise and he's just glowing uh, with fire basically. Um, And I just thought that was an amazing uh, sequence there. What about you, Alex? Yeah. Mine was actually like his like little sniper shot that he fired from really far away to hit the Mecha G base. And Mm. I just like the scene where I like how they deflect it and it, it still has the, it's like goes off in like six different shots and it just hits everything around them. But I just, I just like seeing, you know, this thing is powerful when it's able to 
fire that strong of a blast from that far away. Like this is not the previous Godzilla. <laughs> this one is way more powerful than the other one. It's in the, like, in the f- it, it feels like a ticking time bomb as he slowly approaches. Like, you know, they can't take a shot like that any closer. In the first one, did he yeah. activate his breath? This, this new big one. I can't remember. You guys no. have seen it recently. He hadn't. Well, okay. he, he doesn't do a breath. He does like a, well, the, like a, the a sound, sound, like it, it coalesces in front of his mouth. So it's, yeah, it's not a breath, yeah. but it's some kind of concentrated electromagnetic resonating force blah. Yeah. He, he, yeah. He does like the sound wave. He doesn't do like the laser, I guess is what I'll call it just because we can't, <laughs> I don't know what it's called. Yeah. But he just does the sound wave and he just destroys everybody. And then this one, you could really get that, that awesome laser. <laughs> was it Alex? Was it the light of doom? That Theo called it last. Oh week. yes, that was cute. <laughs> he called it was the cute. light of doom. <laughs> the light of it's doom. appropriately yeah, named. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, it is. Alex, what about your? Oh, that's a good shot award. Uh, yeah, Eric, I had to pick this one. It was actually when Godzilla wakes up to mm-hmm. go find the city in the light, like right before he actually finds it, and there's a beautiful sunset in the background. <laughs> Oh man, I'm rubbing off on you, Alex. I'm rubbing off on you. It it is just like this. Exactly. Exactly. I felt like I needed to be highbrow for a change. (laughs) (laughs) What about you? I, I, um, so yeah, there were several cool shots of Godzilla, and I already mentioned one kind of for my best sequence. But I'm actually going to go with a shot. We haven't mentioned her too much yet, but she plays a huge role in the movie, and it's Yuko. Mm -hmm. And so I'm going to shot with Yuko. Uh, in the first third of the film, when she wanders off, there's that hint of jealousy that she feels. Oh, uh, it yeah. seems like, um, which I didn't quite buy. I'm like, there's no reason to really be jealous well, here. But anyway, yeah, uh, <laughs> I agree. She has that hint of jealousy and she walks off and there's that really cool shot. She's centered in the frame and she stands in that pit. That's like, um, is it because it's a tentacle monster, monster? Star Wars? Yeah, the tentacle monster, but she doesn't know it there yet. <laughs> mm-hmm. But you can sense the impending doom because mm-hmm. she's right there in the middle, and it's kind of foggy, and it's in that like haunted forest sort of atmosphere. I thought that was a great shot. Uh, we knew what was going to happen, but she did it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Taylor, what about you? What was your? <laughs> oh, that's a good shot award. Uh, mine is it's near the end where it's it's the far away wide shot where Godzilla actually kind of looks small next to Mechagodzilla City where they're trying to trap him and lure him in. And he's mm-hmm. 300 meters tall. He is huge. But you actually like, yeah. this is the first time I remember seeing, he looks like a little, little tiny guy, a little baby Godzilla just <laughs> floating in there. But right. it's, it's so wide and big. You're like, Oh, this city is huge. Yeah. It's, it's a, it's a good thing to put them next to each other. So you see like, Oh, the city maybe could actually do it. It gives you a little hope yeah, before, I- crushing it <laughs> yeah it does i like earlier on when it shows the city kill the little the flying uh the whatever the flying monsters are called oh yeah it just kills them so easily and it, it really does make you think like there's really a chance i could take out this thing i got a question would you guys but, have gone into that city mm, uh, i probably would have i probably would. i've been like you know what there's a bunch of monsters out here i'm like <laughs> I'm going to take my chances. Would you stay with the moth people? Everybody else is doing it. Or go into the city? Who knows what they do for that egg? (laughs) 
<laughs> the city. I'm like those other people so are like sacrifice, people. sacrifice. Alex, Alex, you trust the Bilisaludo more than the Haruo or or whatever they're called. The uh, egg people. They're potentially bug people that shimmer a little bit. No, I don't trust them. <laughs> like a bad vampire. <laughs> that's right. I trust both of them more than the Exif. Oh yes, for sure. yes. <laughs> mm, why don't you trust the Exif? They're fine. They're fine. Everything's he fine. Always looks. Uh, at, I like the uh, mystery that they've built with this computer thing that he constantly looks at, and we have no understanding of. I really like that they've right. kind of built that. Mm. Yeah, I like. We haven't talked about that, but I like that part in the film where he's basically like, has this ever been wrong before? Like the, is like given a prediction. Yes. Like, has this ever been wrong before? Mm. Um, I'm guessing that whole idea, as I said, I've made a couple predictions. I guess that idea might come back in the third What? Hmm. Um, what? Yeah, no. That. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Eric really went out on a limb with some of these things. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> God, I want to. Uh, I want you guys to watch right. it because. Mm, okay, I'm being good. Yeah, I'm excited too. <laughs> I know. I know. It's hard to. It's hard to contain. I know. But without further ado, let's get into our rating and ranking. I'll start us off, and then Taylor. I know you're going to have some strong views on this one, but I'll get us started. <laughs> okay. Maybe on okay. a slightly more positive note. All right. Uh, all right. So, City on the Edge of Battle. I think it explores this question, what does it mean to be human? Um, by exploring that complex interplay of those four distinctly characterized races, those this film doesn't provide an easy answer. And I get it. Fans of this franchise will probably knock this film for its lack of Godzilla. And it's true. Godzilla doesn't appear until those last 30 minutes of a 100-minute film. But those last 30 minutes provide a Godzilla that simultaneously antagonizes humanity while somehow embodying humanity. I also think the sound design in that final battle between Godzilla and the vultures, it's stunning, stunning, finding silence in just the right places. The score, as I mentioned, is a step up from the planet of the monsters score. Um, but as a standalone film, this feels like the middle piece that it is. It doesn't have that satisfying ending and it leaves me wanting more. I also think that the, the romance between Yuko and Haruo, those hinted at a little bit in the last film. I don't think it was given much room to breathe in this <laughs> film. So I can see why some people might have some issues with the ending and Haruo's motivation. Um, I felt like we got to know the characters more in planet of the monsters but here, their motivations become more twisted and less digestible. But that somehow makes them more human. So I gave this film the same rating which I gave Planet of the Monsters, which is a 3.5 out of 5. I haven't quite decided if I like it more or less. Um, so we'll just say it's tied at the moment. Hmm. Taylor? Interesting. You agree 100%? <laughs> I will say this. <laughs> My rating and ranking will be at the top of the movies I've seen with you guys oh. on your show. <laughs> so I like this wow. more viewing this time than I did previously. As I said, um, like my number rating actually went up. I'm not big on number ratings, but I know like previously I gave it a number rating and this time I'm going to give it higher. But uh, I liked it more this time, maybe because I know what came before it and what's coming up after it. 
without spoiling anything. Also, I, I think I really like the idea of this film more than the actual execution. And I know there's some people wishing there was an actual like Mecha Godzilla monster fight. And I've actually seen it. I don't know if you've seen it, but someone has like mocked up a Mecha Godzilla versus this Godzilla fight. And it's like 10 minutes long or something. It's pretty cool. Oof. But uh, I kind of like that. It's just a city. Um, also, I don't think the fact that it's 300 meters tall kind of takes it out of that realm of it being relatable. So it had like it fighting another monster of the same size, like we're used to it. It doesn't feel the same just cause it's so big and slow. It just, mm-hmm. it feels like it's on a completely another scale. So I kind of like that it's a city and the people inside of it that are fighting it instead of it being yeah. another monster. Um, I also believe I heard some rumblings or something that Toho said that it, they didn't want this one having, they basically said, we don't want him fighting Mechagodzilla. I don't know if oh. that's true or not, but I didn't look it up cause it's not my show and I'm lazy. <laughs> So I'll force that on you guys. Congratulations. I like your honesty. No, but, uh, yeah. Uh, I en- I enjoy the conflict this brought up between like blind faith in technology and humanity. And that can bring up just tons of great conversations that people can have. I, I think this film could actually bring up better conversations than the ones they had in the movie. Hmm. That's just me. <laughs> Interesting. Um, yeah. I think there's also another... Have you guys seen, this is related, uh, Jupiter Ascending? No, I have not, but I want to. <laughs> okay. A lot of people don't like it. I understand why they don't. Uh, part of me doesn't, but I like the idea that it had. Like the kernel. There's a lot of movies I like, not because of the movies themselves, but because of the idea that they had. And then my brain, I go and do something else with it and right. makes me kind of like it. And that's kind of how I feel about this one. In the second viewing, like the first time viewing it, I didn't like it at all. But the second time, I was like, it's it's pretty good. I like where it's going. I know what's going to happen next. Uh, I'm glad I watched this one. And I guess my rating for this is 2.5 out of 5. So it is at the top oh. of my ratings with you guys for movies I've seen on your podcast. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> okay. Uh, Alex, where do you fall? Are you uh, a 2.5, 3.5, higher, lower? Well, I'm actually, I might be about the same, maybe even higher than I was last week. And last week I gave this a 7.5. <laughs> Oh my gosh. 3.5, which is a seven. Yes. (laughs) Which is a seven. Oh man. But uh, I really like this one. And I like, as you were kind of talking about a little bit, Taylor, I like the decision to not have Mechagodzilla be what we think it's going to be. Yeah. And that's the big monster to stand up in the toe to toe battle. We've seen that before. You know what we haven't seen? We haven't seen Mechagodzilla turn into a city. It's <laughs> really is, cool. I like it. It is. It's really cool. And it and it's able to turn itself into a weapon in over in just a couple hours. And it's just it makes it so much more interesting. And it also invo- I think it does that because it involves humanity so much more in the battle. I mean, we we've seen plenty of Mechagodzilla battles where we kind of lose interest because the humans don't really feel like they're a part of the battle. But that is very true. This involves them directly. And it really carries on the themes of the last movie where 
it's up to humanity to take this thing out. They're not involving other monsters. Nothing else is joining the fight to help them. It's all on them and the other alien races that are helping them. And also, the decision at the end of the film, I think, is really interesting, where Haruo has to choose between humanity and taking out Godzilla. And in the end, he has to choose humanity. So now we know that his biggest, his number one thing he cares about is what it is to be human, rather than his revenge on Godzilla. So I think it's really interesting, the things that it sets up for the next film. And it's certainly not a standalone. Clearly, it's not. You can't watch this movie Mm -hmm. and probably get a whole lot out of it without seeing before and after, because you're going to be disappointed either way. (laughs) But... (laughs) I think that's what a lot of the charm is of this movie. And I've already said on the podcast, I don't like the next movie. So I'm interested to see if my feelings change after really digging into this one. Uh, but I'm excited I, to I hear because I'm not going to watch it. <laughs> <laughs> so I am excited to see what I think going forward for the next film. But for this one, I think I'm going to give it a, a 3.5 out of 5. But... This is actually probably higher than the previous movie for me. And I really enjoyed it. Oh my (laughs) God. I just, (laughs) I just walked in here and tried to dunk on it. And you guys are like three, 3.5. I feel bad. (laughs) Oh no. Five out of 10 isn't horrible. (laughs) Well, well, the thing, the funny thing is, is that me and Eric created this podcast so we could have completely opposing viewpoints. And you have the but same. somehow we keep coalescing <laughs> on most of our viewpoints. And so yeah. it's kind of been odd that we've both done that, except for with probably Final Wars. This was the one we diverted the most on. Mm. And Matango from your podcast. Matango. That's true. Matango is wonderful. I'm glad you guys both gave it 8 out of 10. It was really great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was what happened. Uh where can people find you online, Taylor? And what's in store for you all and your podcast this coming year? I am Giant Monster Messages. Uh, I think it's like Giant Monster Mess because I ran out of space on the Twitter. I don't want to do the Facebook. I think I haven't. I haven't looked there in forever. I'm mainly active on Twitter. Um, what we're doing this year is hopefully more episodes. We're about to do, um, let's see, we're tomorrow, everyone's favorite, All Monsters Attack. And then mm-hmm. after that, because you guys yeah, have done that so and you loved it. You gave it 8 out of 10. It was great. Hot, after that, we're doing Drogo. With a bunch of messages in it. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah, we're doing Gorga. We're doing the Mighty Gorga after that. And then we're doing our top nine of 1960, where we pick our favorite nine films of the 1960s. And I just realized we have like nice. 40 films to go That's through. Awesome. So cool. That would be good. I'm interested to see what happens. Good luck. <laughs> I'm curious to hear your all's takes on all monsters attack. And I'm wondering how Josh will fall on that as he is more of the monster movie skeptic. Yeah, uh, I've compared to you. I've <laughs> kept it no secret. I like that movie. So this isn't like yeah. a giveaway. I'm interested to see what he thinks as well. I know why people don't like it. I understand why people don't like it. I accept it. Right. Well, you, you like you like all monsters attack, but then Son of Godzilla, you didn't like. Which no, is interesting. No, that ba- thing is so baffling. ugly. He is disgusting. Have you seen him when he comes out? I of hate that to egg? tell you, but he's in both movies. He's in yeah, both but he's movies. not as ugly as when he pops out. Okay, I'll tell you what the real reason is. Okay, this is a little sidebar. 
<laughs> years ago when I like when I was first doing these rewatches, I put a picture of my old Facebook of the movie I was watching. And when I got to Son of Godzilla, I put that his ugly little mug when he came out of the egg. And my sister posted a thing and says, what happened? Would you do something different with your hair? Ha, 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 ha. It's hilarious. So I hate that movie. And it's my sister's fault. Well, that sounds like a supervillain's horrible origin story. (laughs) It is very much so. Uh, All right. Alex, uh, did you prepare a rhyme this time, actually? I didn't, and you warned rhyme? me before the show that I needed what? to prepare one. Even so, I did. Uh, well, I, I've got one. I've got, okay. I'm coming up with one. Uh, this is what he does every time, Taylor. <laughs> it is going to be great. It's always Taylor, great. You have, you, yeah, you have one. So go ahead. Take this away, Taylor. Okay. You start us off. You guys ready for this? Are you sitting down? Oh, yeah. Yes. Yes. Okay. In the third Godzilla anime, The Planet Eater. When humanity is pushed to the edge and they start to teeter, will they buckle under the Godzilla of 300 meter or will they become a yeeter? (laughs) Oh my God. You're welcome. You're welcome. Oh, (laughs) that's horrible. Did you come up with one yet? Yeah, sure. Uh, (laughs) Or do you need me to go? No, you know, it's, it's, it's as good as it's going to get Eric. (laughs) Okay. The next Godzilla, the next movie is Godzilla Planet Eater. Should it be, who should whoever made it be beat with an egg beater, <laughs> or maybe they should? Be... <laughs> I thought that was it. No, okay, I thought that was it too. It. <laughs> that should just be it. Yeah. Stop right there, man! Forcibly stopped before I could finish. Okay, that's fine. No, don't mind me. <laughs> Well, Taylor Taylor took some of my rhyming words. Oh, I did. To be honest, but that's okay. Oh, no, it, it'll it's, still be great. You're both I mean, that only so many things. Oh, so many things. Okay, egg beater. <laughs> only so many things rhyme with eater. So yeah, I really did. It was this was hard. It's given to you. And I use my words a little bit differently. I say, "Does the Godzilla meter in Planet Eater start to teeter, or does it become a skeet skeeter?" <laughs> Oh Man, I thought that's I would the... win with Yeeter, but that's great. <laughs> I did. Oh. I did not expected that from you, Eric. It was a nice surprise. Oh. It's, it, I try. I try, Alex. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, all right. I'm uh, as always, you can uh, follow us on Twitter at mvm underscore pod. I should uh, do that on Letterbox. Alex Cornett and Eric Neely, <laughs> and you can email us feedback. Um, Tell us that you agree with Taylor's take. Yes. Uh, no. And disagree with ours, yes. like most Godzilla fans. Yes. Email us mvmpod <laughs> at gmail.com. Until next week, try, try to, to, to stay, stay alive. 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 <laughs> Good job, everybody. Peace out. Yeah. <laughs> That was horrible. That was great. I would never have seen that one. Especially Lieutenant Gallagher? Gallagher? Yeah, Gallagher?